0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. If you would, please stand for the reign of God's Word if you're able to. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I just want to read two verses here. We'll refer back to chapter 3, but we'll just read these two verses in chapter 4. Verse 1 says, Let a man so account of us as for the ministers of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Be found faithful. i preaching preach a message that I've titled, Victory Through Faithfulness, and let's pray. Father, we come to you this, this evening. Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the blessedness, Lord, meeting with us. We ask now, Lord, that you meet with us tonight, Lord, in a special way. Help us, Lord, to Grab some things, Lord, from the Scripture that will cause us to be more faithful to you, to be a better witness, to be a better testimony. Stir our hearts for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. For us I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. <coughs> if you just go back into chapter 3, you'll find of God's Word there, 1 uh, uh, Corinthians, you'll find that God speaks of working and building for the Lord building that, that building uh, that uh, really kind of what uh, a little bit of what uh, was sung about there that uh, Dale and, and Kathy sung, but building climbing that ladder, building that, that building for the honor and glory of Christ and live for the Lord. It also speaks of those who are carnal and babes in Christ. And when it talks about being carnal and babes in Christ, it's not talking about that you haven't been saved very long. It's talking about that you won't turn loose of the world. That you are continually hanging on to the things of of this world instead of uh, hanging on to the Lord and living for the Lord and growing in the Lord. They're satisfied with things of the world, putting the things of the world before the Lord in many areas of their lives. Yet many of them thinking themselves to be uh, really in their mature Christians in the Lord. And that's not the case. There's a lot of Christians who have been saved for a long time but have never grown in the Lord. There's a lot of Christians who who have heard a lot of preaching and, and uh, been sitting in church for years, and yet they've not grown in the Lord. And the reason is is because they've not been faithful to the things of God and not stayed close to the Lord and walked with the Lord. They've been more concerned about this life as far as what they can get out of this life, more concerned about money and more concerned about possessions and on goes the list of things instead of concerned about why we're really here. You know, when you stop and think about it as a Christian, why are we still here? Why did God leave you here? He has a plan for your life. And in that plan is for you to be a builder for the Lord Jesus Christ, building upon that foundation, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, that we might reach others, that others might be saved. It's not about us, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ and, and seeing him glorified and magnified through our lives. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, and neither yet are ye now able, for ye are carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? What if we had, if you had a a a a a, a, a person that was say twenty years old, and they were still on the bottle? You say, preacher, that'd be something wrong. What if you had a 26-year-old, 27-year-old, 30-year-old that was still on the bottle, that still stuck their thumb, that you had to change their clothes for them, you had to give them a bath, and they said, well, preacher, there's, there's something wrong there with that person. And we would be right. But what about a Christian that's always having to be fed with the bottle and, and burped and... and changed, and they get their feelings uh, hurt so easy, and, and uh, it, it doesn't take much to get them out of church, and it doesn't take much to get them to, to, to do other things and still live for God, and, and it doesn't take much to, to really discourage them in the things of God. Well, the Bible says they're carnal, they're babes in Christ, and they, don't, and they walk as men and not as, as uh, Christ walking as the, the rest of the world, doing what the lost world does in many ways. and We just don't want to get serious about living for the Lord. When we don't want to get serious about living for God. And folks, let me say something. We're living in a day and time right now. We're in these last days. We better get serious. We better get serious about doing something for Christ. We better get serious about anything and everything about our life should be centered around Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, you got to make a living. I understand. But you know what? <clears throat> the Lord wants your life to live for Him. He's put you in a place where your job is maybe so you can be a witness to somebody. Hey, listen, He can take care of you. Money means nothing to Him. He can provide for you in many ways. And But what He's interested in is for you living for Him. So we're living in a day and time when many are not living for the Lord and they're not faithful to God. We've got to be faithful to the Lord. We need to to see some great and mighty things. Let me share with you a little little story here about a couple that was named uh, Joe and Tanya Collins. Joe and Tanya Collins were missionaries to Tibet. Uh, China basically uh, to Nepal in that area. And Joe had been called, the Lord had been speaking to his heart to be a missionary. And Joe was, was interested in serving God and going to the mission field. They had some kids, and, and Tanya, she was, she, she was worried about it. She said, Now, Lord, what, I can't go to China, I can't raise my kids in China. I mean, everything's different there. And, and, and then she began to put up all these uh, different excuses and, and the scripture began to come back into her mind, especially from Philippians and she different verses and stuff. And she, she was worried about their safety and her children's safety. And, and the Lord brought scripture into her mind and, and, and began to explain why she would be safe there and her children would be safe there, more safe there than any place else in the world. She was worried about learning the language. She was worried about the, the, the difficult change in the life of, that she lived. She'd never lived in a foreign country, and she was worried about that and the effect that it would have on her and her children. And, and on goes the list, and she made all these excuses why she couldn't go to China. Finally, the Lord got a hold of her heart one day. She went through the Scripture, and she seen all these different verses God speaking to her heart. And in her Bible, she wrote, and basically, I'm going to just paraphrase it, She wrote how that she would do whatever the Lord wanted her to do. She would would go where the Lord wants her to go. She She would accomplish whatever the Lord wanted her to accomplish. She would give the Lord whatever the Lord wanted her to give. She would do whatever the Lord wanted her to do. Well, everything, they raised their support to go to Tibet to work with. The Nepalese people there, and, and they was going to have to learn the Tibetan and the Nepalese and the, and the different language and stuff. And They had raised their support, and they was about ready to go, and they was at a missions conference. And at that missions conference, uh, the Lord spoke to her heart about giving him absolutely everything, giving it all. Surrendered unto the Lord. Her heart was already stirred, and during that missions conference, the, the offering plate came around. And one of the dearest things to her heart, one of the only things that she really had besides her husband and her children because they'd got rid of everything because they was getting ready to, to leave the country and go to, to Tibet and they would have to get different things there and, and all that would, it would take place there. She reaches down and she pulls off, I can't even do it, pulled off her wedding ring. And she puts it in an envelope and she puts a note in it that says, Please sell these and give the money to missions. She closed the envelope, put in an offering plate. Offering plate went around. Well, the pastor knew her heart and knew about it. He took the rings out of the offering plate, had them appraised, and they put the money into the offering, gave it to missionaries, but he kept the rings in order to give back to her. They were on the field for a couple years, and was working with people and they was trying to work with these children and stuff in different places and they was trying to learn the languages and and somebody brought them a child that uh, a, a, a very young child and so they was able to take this child and place it into the care of <clears throat> into the care of a, 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 a couple that they had led to the Lord that were Christians there in Tibet. As they gave that child it really spoke to her heart and and really moved in her about how that they were there for the long haul. They were there to give it all. They were there to reach these people. They were there to, to live for Jesus Christ. Well, just a little while after being there, she come down with typhoid fever. And she had to leave the country for a little while. They left the country for a little while. And as, they, as she was, uh, was getting, getting uh, uh, help and all, then after she got better, then they was headed back to Tibet. On their way back, they had their children, the five children, they had five children. And on that plane, as they entered in that area, that plane crashed into a mountain. Had several tons of fuel on it. And absolutely everything was disintegrated in that plane crash. Joe and Tanya Collins gave it all. They gave their lives to reach others. She gave her wedding rings, something dear to her, the last possession she had. She gave her life to reach others and to love others with her husband, with her five children. And after three years, they went out into eternity. The very thing that she was a little bit worried about, and, but she had surrendered to, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. He said, well, preacher, that's terrible. I mean, the very thing she was afraid of. Some of her family was so touched by their dedication and faithfulness to the Lord to live for God, went to Tibet. Other missionaries begin to go to Tibet. Works begin to pop up in different places, and souls begin to get ch- saved. Lives begin to get changed. Why? Because of Joe and Tanya Collins giving it all in faithfulness to God. Even in the thought of dying on the foreign field, what was left that they could find of their bodies was buried there on that mountain. That mountain there's a a village there quite a ways from it and they seen what happened and one man walked for hours and hours and hours to get there, sacrificing himself to get to that place. And then they went and they got the authorities and it took hours to get there and they found what they could. The only thing that survived the crash was Joe Collins' Bible. Completely unharmed. Completely unburned. In good condition. With two pieces of paper with the messages on it to the Tibetan people that he was going to preach. The only thing that is left and it's held by the church and family It's those wedding rings in that Bible of Job and Tanya Collins. But even greater than that, that's held by the was by the Nepal, the people of Nepal and Tibet, is that somebody loved them that much to give up absolutely everything in faithfulness to God to come and tell them about Christ. They were serious about living for the Lord. You know, it, it would be good for us to stop and look at our lives and begin to say, what's my life really about? I would to God that there were, that we're as faithful as the Collinses were. We're to be builders for and with the Lord. Then 1 Corinthians 3 and verse, begin verse 4 says, For while one saith, I am a Paul, and another, I am of Paulus.' he said, Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So neither is there he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gave the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man that shall receive his own reward according to his labor. But in verse 9 it says, For we are laborers together with God. We're laborers together with God. It's not that you're out there by yourself trying to win souls. It, we're out there with Jesus Christ trying to reach the lost. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. We work together with the Lord to get the gospel out to reach the lost, the world to build the lives of, of the saved. But as a Christian, as Christians, we're to live our lives about Jesus Christ, not about us. Far too often we stand in the pulpit and we look out across the congregation and sometimes we wonder how many people are serious enough to really live for the Lord on a day-to-day basis. And there's many, but there's many who are not. And oh, how we need to get more and more that are serious as we preach this morning about being soldiers for the, for the Lord. And, and we need to be, realize that we've been called up to active duty to live for God, to serve the Lord. In these special days, these last days, Verse 13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Your life, my life, how we lived, is going to be put to the test of fire. Going to be put to a place where the fire touches that life of of what we did for the Lord, and only that which remains will be the gold, the silver, the precious stones that we live for the Lord. So often we forget that we are the temple of God. Right. Sitting here this, this evening is the temple of God. That's right. uh, you see, when you received Jesus Christ as you saved, the Holy Spirit came in to dwell within you. There, On down chapter 3 there, and, 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 and looking at, 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 what the, at, at what verse 16, he says there, he says, Know ye not that you're the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? He said, You're the temple of God. And with this temple, we're to serve the Lord. With this temple, we're to magnify the Lord. With this temple, we're to be faithful to God. With this temple, we're to do that which he's called us to do. We're to take the Spirit of God, what we do, and, and with what we do and where we go, the temple of God goes. We're stewards of this temple or this body. But just because you don't take this temple to the bar, doesn't mean that you're a good steward of it. Let me say it again. Just because you don't take this temple to the bar, doesn't mean that you're a good steward of it. This temple is to be used for God. Over and over again, it's about how it's used. Not how it's just laid up somewhere, but how it's used. You find that the, how that the, 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 the master went away and he gave the talents, otherwise money, to, to his servants and, and he, he told them to do something with it and when he came back, the one that laid it up and didn't do anything with it and gave it all back to him, he said, here it is, that you gave me. He was wroth with him. He was mad at him because he didn't do something with it. You and I are the temple and God expects us to do something with the temple of God. That's dwelt by the Holy Spirit of God would live for him then Paul said, Let each of us give an account of our lives and the faithfulness there verse twenty three of first Corinthians three says and ye are Christ and Christ is God's then you jump right down into into chapter four because they're used to really we we just got it broke up into chapters for convenience. this was a complete letter written it wasn't in chapters it says let let a man so account of us, give an account, as of ministers of Christ and stewards of the ministries, or of the ministries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, faithful. One of the things that I always try to stress in the premarital counseling is that faithfulness in marriage faithful 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 to one another not giving any reason to to your your spouse to doubt your faithfulness to them to be faithful but to take it to the greatest level and that is to be faithful to God you see faithfulness is more important than talent faithfulness is more important than ability faithfulness is more important than anything that we can give the Lord you see, you can give all kinds of things to God, but anybody can do that. But faithfulness comes, comes at a great price, and we must learn to be faithful unto the Lord. Listen, I may not be able to sing, but I can be faithful. I may not be able to do a lot of things for the Lord, but I can be faithful. Amen. I may not be able to do this or that. He say, preacher, you can't even preach. Well, I'm trying to be faithful, amen. Amen. <laughs> But we can all be faithful. There's people over the years, man, I tell you what, I have been impressed. Not by their abilities, not by their talents, not by their way that they speak, but by their faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God. I'm not talking about faithfulness to this preacher. I'm not talking about faithfulness to this building. I'm talking about faithfulness to God. And oh, how we need to be faithful. You may not be able to do a lot of things that somebody else does or different people do, but you can be faithful and allow God to do what He wants to with your life. We're to be faithful. You see, if we aren't faithful, what good is anything else that we can do? If we're not faithful, what good is anything else? If I preach like Billy Sunday or D.L. Moody, what good is it if I'm not faithful to the church or faithful to the Lord or faithful to the things of God? Preaching doesn't mean anything if you're not, there's no faithfulness behind it. But that would be the same thing. It's like the local drunk coming in and singing a solo Sunday morning with a beautiful voice and great expressions and talent. Yet he's not faithful. So it doesn't make an impact in the lives of people. In fact, it goes just the opposite. People say, well, that's the drunk. He's the one that's living this way and that way. He's not faithful to God. What's he doing up there singing, uh, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine? What's he doing up there uh, 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 singing a song that talks about giving it all to Jesus? It's just a show. It must come from the heart, the faithfulness of God. Oh, how we need to be faithful unto the Lord and to live for Him. You see, victory then comes through that faithfulness. To get victory over sin, we must be faithful. So many times we struggle with sin and things in our lives. Wait a minute, stop a second. Are you being faithful to the Lord? Without that faithfulness, we're going to struggle with some things that we really shouldn't have to. Faithful to repent and ask the Lord to forgive you. Are you faithful to, when you when you sin against the Lord, are you faithful to, to repent? We may stumble, we may fall in sin, but we can be faithful to repent and to return unto the Lord and live for the Lord and get up and, and brush ourselves off and say, Lord, I'm, I've sinned against you, Lord, forgive me. 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If the Lord can be faithful to forgive us of our sins, we need to be faithful to call upon Him to forgive us of our sins Amen. the Lord is faithful to you and me in every area of our lives God has never failed us he's always been faithful he said I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you my friend can I tell you something tonight? he is faithful to keep that promise well preacher it just seems like he's not around he's there the problem is not him the problem's not him the problem not him Well, preacher, what about this prayer and what about this? And Lord, didn't answer my prayer. Oh, he's answering it. But are we faithful to understand that he's God and he has a perfect will for our lives? Oh, how we need to be faithful. Victory comes through faithfulness. We need to be faithful to pray if we want victory. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. We're to be prayer warriors. We're to, be, we're to, we're to get along with God and, and spend time with him in prayer and to be faithful to do that. You know, we want people to be faithful to us, to talk to us. We want our children to be faithful to us and, and talk to us and, and maybe they live away. And we want them to call us once in a while and act like they, at least act like they care about us. Yeah. <laughs> we want our husband or our wife to, to be faithful to talk to us once in a while and to spend time with us once in a while. We want your kids, want mom and dad to be faithful to you, to put your meals on the table, to put clothes on your back, pay your bills, make sure you get to your ball games and get to this and get to that, to be faithful to their responsibility for you. The Lord wants us to be faithful. And through that faithfulness, we can have victory in our lives. We can have victory over sin. We can have victory over the things of this world that that keeps pulling us down and, and defeating us. We can have victory in our lives. We need to be faithful to pray. James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Today, one of the things that we did is we as we set, uh, stood after the services with uh, Sean and anointed with oil and prayed, and that's, that, that scripture comes from James where we read about uh, praying for one another. We're to be faithful to pray for one another. You know what? You need prayer. 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 And, buddy, you really need prayer. I mean, we all need prayer. Amen? Amen. We all need prayer. We should be faithful to remember one another in prayer. Be faithful. It may be tomorrow that you want somebody to pray for you. Pray for them. Be faithful. That's one of the reasons that a lot of times when somebody says, I'd like you to remember me in prayer or whatever, I try to have prayer with them right then. Because I know me, I'll get busy and I'll forget. And so I want to try to have prayer with them right then. It doesn't matter whether it's in Walmart. It doesn't matter whether it's a checkout counter or where it's at. It doesn't matter. I want to be faithful to pray for them and remember them because I understand how important prayer is in my life and in their life also. So to will be victorious in reaching others for the Lord. We must be faithful to Him and the things of God. Because they're watching our families and our kids. They know us and, and, and they know us at our best. They know us at our worst. And our co workers, they know us. Our neighbors know us. And our fellow Christians know us at church. We need to be faithful. Can I tell you something? Your neighbors, your co workers, even your family may not agree with you. I'm going to church, I'm putting the Lord first on tithing on giving the gospel on your stand and your standards but there should never be any question about your faithfulness to God never I've, heard, I've literally heard people say I don't necessarily agree with them but I'll tell you one thing they're faithful they're faithful in what they believe Faithfulness is so important in our walk with God. So important, and this world is watching. You see, the world don't know about my prayer life. The world don't know about my Bible study. The world don't know about my tears that I shed. The world don't know about the broken heart over lost. The world don't know about those. But the world can see my faithfulness to God. I've literally heard people say, you know what? There must be something to it because they see a Christian's faithfulness to God. And when they're going through difficult times and when they're going through struggles, many times in their, in their thinking, they're thinking, I need what they've got. I need what they've got. And how can they see that except we be faithful unto the Lord? Faithful unto the things of God. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Tomorrow you go to work or meet family or friends or the neighbors or whatever. We're We're to be faithful to let our light shine. You never know what they're going through. You never know where they're at in their life. They can put on a front, and you may not know that their heart is broken. But if you're content, consistently faithful in your love and your life for the Lord, you'll be spot on when they need you. You'll be spot on when they're looking for some answers. You'll be there when they need that. And God will take you and put you in those places and with those people when you're faithful, so that they can get what they need. Then in closing, faithfulness is not about ability. It's about a surrendered will to the Lord. You know, we spoke of the Collins family, Tanya and Joe. It was about a surrendered life. that finally got Tanya where she was willing to go. She was worried about what most of us would worry about, our children and the safety and the change of life and, and leaving our, our, our parents and families behind and, and what we might face there and, the, and, and all that goes with it. But because of the surrendered will, great is her reward in heaven. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men... For if I yet yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. It goes down to this. Faithfulness is about surrendering your life to please somebody. Faithfulness is about who you are going to please. If we're about pleasing ourselves, there'll be no surrender. You'll keep taking in this world taking in what you want. But if we give this for Him, that faithfulness, it comes from the surrender unto the Lord. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. We read this this morning, part of our scripture. That He may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Faithfulness. It's about a surrendered life of who you want to please. And there's victory when we surrender unto the Lord. We know that if we're truly born again, what's really pleasing to the Lord and what is not really pleasing to the Lord. We know the difference. Faithfulness is, not about, is, not, uh, faithfulness is about pleasing the Lord, not self. And when we please the Lord and obey His word... We'll be pleased also. Tanya, once she got on the field, she gave it all. She surrendered all. Her heart was knit. You read some of the things that she spoke of and wrote about. It was about being faithful to God that surrendered life that others might come to Christ. Yes, it was a short period, three years, But that short period of three years got multiplied because of the people that was touched. I'm talking about missionaries in America that was touched that went to Tibet because of that faithfulness that she had for the Lord. The victorious Christian life can only become a victorious Christian life when we're faithful unto the Lord. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, I pray that each of us would look at our lives tonight sitting here and we would ask ourselves, how faithful am I to the Lord? How faithful am I to the things of God? Am I surrendered to His will? Would I go to Tibet? Would I go across the street? Would I do whatever you ask? Would I go wherever you ask? Would I say whatever you tell me to say? Would I be faithful in all situations? Lord, help us to surrender our life completely unto you, to be faithful unto our Lord who has been so faithful to us. Have your will way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?